Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm your radio, radio show! Hello and welcome to the 99 Podcast. It is Niall and Andrea here and on this week's episode we're going to be talking about albums of 2021 that we really enjoy so far this year. Isn't that right? Hot albums, Andrea. We're going to be talking about our hot albums. albums. from a hot girl and a hot boy because it's very hot today. Yeah, I've got a lot of ice in my glass. (laughs) I've got squash. It is. Yeah. Apologies, listeners, if you can hear any kind of ambient sound from outdoors. I do have to have like the door wide open beside me because it is it is very, very hot today. It is currently uh, how many degrees is it? Do you have the degrees handy now? It's like 20 something. (laughs) I don't know what it is. 20, 24 something. We're half accident now. Did you not get that upgrade in your in your body's uh, computer onboard computer? You just (laughs) know what uh, temperature it is. I think my hard drive is overheating. I think that's what's happening. But yeah, half vaccinated, which is very exciting. Um, We have to put you in the fridge for a bit. (laughs) Yes, please. Um, Yes, it's been very hot, um, and I have been um, therefore unhappy. Um, (laughs) Because as 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 listeners, as loyal listeners, know I'm not a summer girl. I'm very much an autumn girl, and that's okay. So if there's anyone out there who is the same as me, just know that you have you have a friend in me. Um, although, I mean, it has been nice. I've been, I'm sure there's a lot of people who feel like that. Yeah, I've been for a couple of swims, which has been lovely. Um, and the water's been, you know, temperate, which is quite nice. Um, but other than that, I'm, I'm generally um, uh, it, it, itchy and hot and I don't like the feeling of sun, sun cream on my arms. And <laughs> so I just want it to be over. But... That's me, yeah. We'll put you in a dark black box. Yes, please. <laughs> until, it, until it all blows over. Yes, please. Thank you. Yeah, there's a lot of people who were feeling that vibe. I think so. Yeah, I mean, this is the first live podcast we've done in a while, and not with a guest. It's been a while since so, it's just been the two of us. Um, so 
Yeah, we took a break last week because it was summer, right? It's summer. We took a yeah. break. It's fine. Uh, yeah. You know, take a break. You know, take a break in summer. Everyone else is taking a break. God, I'm just absolutely fine with that. Totally fine. <laughs> but we we do have um, things to talk about this week. We do have. We want to do a check in of albums of 2021 that we are uh, we love at the moment absolutely. and uh, want to talk about. Uh, and this, my I think my list changed this week because I mean honestly I think the weather has affected my list that I've made because I have a big long list that I've been making and anyone who's a member of our discord via the patreon uh, patreon.com forward slash 909 if you want to give us a five or month um that is the plug over and uh, but yeah no I did make a best of 2021 playlist and I think oh, it's so mm. long there's so many albums and look I say this every year and I say it because it needs to be repeated because you just no way you can listen to everything mm. and hear everything uh, like more than ever in a way even ones that are critically acclaimed now more than ever now more than ever Joe who I heard doing a doing a now more than ever I was listening to a podcast the other day and uh on Acast you know the way you get ads on Acast and this uh, voice came in and said now more than ever and I was like oh what's this is it going to be the HSE or whatever it is L'Oreal now more than ever <laughs> look after your hair i was like is this is this the right time l'oreal is this is this n- it, it, mm. now more than ever is the time to look after your hair i don't know that really it really pissed me off <laughs> but we're not here to talk about l'oreal we're here to talk about our albums um no i did get a very swish haircut yesterday and i'm very happy about it because i'm like oh, it looks very it. nice just 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 a little bit a little bit off the side so i can you know feel a bit yeah. less warm Yes. Will we go into our list? Let's so will in. we will we go yeah. into our list? We're going to we've got five albums each. Andrea has five albums. I have five albums. Maybe there's some crossover. Maybe there isn't. We'll find out. But I'm gonna start with a relatively simple um first choice. Um uh, just get the podcast list. Yeah, so my first album um, that I want to talk about for that came out this year that I've been really enjoying is from Madlib and it's called Sound Ancestors. I'm going to play a track here called Road of the Lonely Ones to give you a bit of a vibe.
Okay, that was Mad Lib. The song is called Road of the Lonely Ones, and that is from Sound and Ancestors, one of the earlier albums that came out this year. Um, so, why did I pick this? Well, uh, the background for it, uh, Sound Ancestors, is that Mad Lib as a producer is one of those kind of um, intricate, jazzy, um, magpie uh, samplers. Uh, he... he digs up samples but he doesn't really twist them as you can hear there he generally lets them breathe and uses them in a way that you know maybe other people haven't heard or or like on he he's an archivist as well he's a digger he's one of those kind of producers that finds things that no one else has heard or you know he recontextualizes them in a new light and i think the thing about madlib is that he's he's so prolific in terms of his work he always is making something he's always no he, he he probably like his output is probably greater than most but it's also sometimes he, it, it this is an interesting album and the reason i picked this one is because for the first time ever uh madlib was actually uh, had an editor here on this album usually there's quite sprawling collections of music on his on his uh, records there's it can go different ways he does loads of volumes of it with this one Sound Ancestors Fortet curated, edited, and arranged the album's 16 tracks um, from a body of hundreds of recordings that Madlib sent him over a period of two years. Uh, Madlib produced the, the record overall, but it, it was that kind of um, editor's eye that kind of it, it brings this album into a very cohesive whole mm-hmm. and kind of... It kind of almost feels like an anthology in a way, in the same way. And I know, and I wouldn't compare it to Donuts or anything like that, but, you know, it does have this kind of feel of, here's the distillation of the best of what Madlib does. And because he's had an editor to look after it, you really feel that. And uh, yeah, as you can hear there, there's a beautiful sample on that track. um, And there's loads of those kind of things in there. As ever, he just lets those tracks, uh, those uh, samples from the original recordings Mm. breed add some lovely drums to them maybe he doesn't even add drums maybe he just leaves the drums in it but he just the way he presents them is always very interesting and i think uh, fortet himself always is fully aware of how madlib works and i think it's a really good pairing for the two of them and uh, just being yeah it was one of the first lovely great albums that i came out this year that i've gone back to a fair bit so um that is madlib and and sound ancestors sweet my first album uh, will be a surprise to nobody. It is New Long Leg um, by Dry Cleaning. And we'll listen to one of my favorite songs of the year, which is called Scratch Card Lanyard. <laughs> And I've come to smash what you made I've come to learn how to mingle I've 
Dry Cling, New Long Leg, and this is one of my uh, five albums also. Is it? Um, so, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, amazing, great. I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't leave this one out. It was, it's been one that, yeah, I, I, I'll let you speak about it first. I'll let you speak about it. Sure, yeah, I mean, I think I chose this record in. because it was probably the most excited I was about, like, a new sound, I suppose, uh, that I heard this year. I, I was going around, you, you know, when those albums come out and you're kind of going around recommending it to absolutely everybody, to anyone who would listen to you, like yeah. to anyone who like sharing it on social media, sending it to friends on WhatsApp. And I feel like those sorts of albums don't come along very often where it's it's quite a broad reach for something for a sound that is a little bit niche. Um, and of the people I sent it to, some most people got it, some didn't. And I think I love that about it. Um, I feel like it it was a real kind of guttural, visceral reaction to something that I thought sounded really new and really exciting. And, you know, for me, it's, it's all Florence Shaw, who I think I've said before in this podcast, you know, it's just so impossibly cool. Like if she was on, if I saw her out, I would just, I'd be like, I'm not worthy to talk to you. Like, you're so cool. Um, <laughs> and I'm a, I'm a real sucker for any kind of stream of consciousness narrative. And I think these songs are like that feeling of trying to remember a dream while you're on the bus to work or something. It's kind of like this mixture of the mundane and the kind of supernatural subconscious and, and the things that the, the weird imagery yeah, that your brain is able to like conjure up and how, how, how that kind of collides mm. with the real world. And I think you, like when, when you get that image in your head and you're like, Oh, my dream. And then it's gone. She kind of bottles that feeling and of remembering something subconscious and stretches it over the course of a whole record. And, um, and it's not, it, it's impressive that it isn't at all alienating because these are extremely specific um, lyrics and extremely specific, uh, Im- very specific imagery. Uh, like I've come here to make a ceramic shoe and I've come to scratch what you made. Like that whole odd uh, like summer camp thing on Scratch Card Lanyard. And, and you're like, yeah, I, I can sort of understand what's going on here. I can sort of grasp onto a little bit of a narrative here. But then you lose it again completely. It kind of just explodes into all of these different shards of, of different imagery again. And it's really impressive um, what she manages to do with the lyrics. And then the music as well is just really great. I think it is kind of leaning in or is, is definitely like a part of that identity of um, like London post-punk sound that is kind of happening around this time. Mm. There's a few other bands that are kind of... Um, coming out of that scene but this band dry cleaning definitely for me the most exciting um the one that has the most kind of um uh individual sonic palette i think really really colorful and and vibrant songs. yeah yeah 
Yeah, I think I agree with that. I think the yeah, there's a, a podcast. Um, well, there's a, another blog called uh, Flux Blog in in the, the US, and Matthew Perpetua did a a piece about this a while ago, and he called it a uh, post Brexit post punk, yeah. and uh, the play the playlist is like uh, bands like Squid, mm. Black Country New Road, Dry Cleaning, Courting, Wet Leg, um, Shame. Billy No Mates, Snapped Ankles, Working Men's Club, Black Midi, even Silverbacks are in there, even though they're not British. But anyway, yeah. that's okay. You can kind uh, of you can kind of hear a, a, what a, the uh, yeah Goat Girl idols, yeah. you know. Anyway, point is that there is something happening there, and I don't know why it is. And I think I remember listening to a blog about it, and I don't think anyone can really figure out why. It's just you know there these things happen. Um, it's a it's a reaction mm. to something. Um, but in terms of how specifically dry cleaning do it on new long leg and with uh florence shaw specifically i i love that yeah you're kind of getting that it's hard to articulate that exactly what she is doing with those like very specific references but they're just images Mm. that i don't know they just they they convey a lot and they it's like opening surprise hidden cupboards in an old house that you just suddenly discovered um walking around in your house that you've always been living in you're like oh that's a really interesting like I didn't know yeah. that was there <laughs> you know that kind of way it's like it has that kind of like recontextualizing everyday mm. phrasing into something that actually makes you go what and then you suddenly start thinking about somebody's back mm. garden and like a messy back garden and it's just like it's exactly what like a, a great descriptive novel or, or writer can do in terms of taking yeah. it somewhere but it's just to do it in a such a um succinct way um, in a song which also is like has these driving guitars and and like rock drums and and mm. twists and turns and all i think that's why it's so impressive because it's like it does take you on this it's like a really cool garden path you're just walking down and and you keep being shown different things and you're like oh that's weird i would never have looked totally, at that myself, yeah it know? is it is like a kind so, of a, a postmodern um like stream of consciousness but but it, you, you kind of i don't know i i find it very visual as opposed to you you know the way when you're if you're reading like a stream of consciousness narrative in like a postmodern like novel or something um I tend to be struck by the the language and what it's doing but in this it's really really visual I can really visualize everything that she's that she's describing but the each image kind of only lasts like half a second you know it's not it's not long enough for you to be able to make sense of it but it is it's kind of conveyed effectively enough that you get a sense of it. You get a sense of the thing in a kind of a, yeah, in a very kind of odd way. It's br- it's absolutely brilliant. I love it. I really love the sound. And it's also like if if, if you don't want to dig deep into the lyrics in that way, that's absolutely fine because the music is great. Like it, the, the the music is is very yeah. very very cool. And I do like the kind of the origin story of how she got involved with the band because like she. They really want she. I, I think she's like a, a a writer and a and a visual artist, and the band really liked how what what she does with words and imagery. And she was like, okay. And they were like, please join the band. And she was like, no. And they were like, please join the band. And she was like, okay, but as long as I don't have to sing. So she she spoke instead, and just just to be like, okay, I'll just I'll just speak instead. And then she just comes out with this like amazingly cool like voice and accent and yeah I, re- I really really love this sound and I, I hope to yeah, see loads of bands copying as well. it it's like it doesn't really I don't know if it feels it doesn't feel like an eff- affectation no, you know no, what I mean it feels like it doesn't feel as, it feels natural mm. in a way where that would be one of my 
slight issues I've had with the likes of uh, Sinead O'Brien, um, the Irish artist who's doing something very similar to this. Some of the music to me doesn't work and it's about the rhythm and the cadence of it and some of it is too repetitive. Where this, I don't know, she just finds the phrasing is detailed and, and nuanced enough yeah. that I, I don't ever feel like it's just somebody doing the same cadence the whole time. Yeah, like and, with, uh, she she switches uh, up the rhythm of how she delivers uh, each line like a rapper would, but she's not rapping at all. It's very conversational, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, it's like conversational, but like she's... Con- like, she, it's like a conversational thing. Yeah, but she still has has a really like strong sense of rhythm within that. Like the, the bit the bit that grabbed me the first time I listened to Scratch Card Lanyard was the bit when it, when it goes into the chorus, the duet do everything and feel nothing wristband theme park scratch card lanyard like that just how she kind of like navigated that switch in the rhythm really really naturally and it sounds conversational but actually she's doing something quite interesting with it which i really liked yeah yeah and even i think is it that song as well where um i love those mighty oaks don't you like the kind of questions that occasionally appear in the lyrics and you're like they just puncture that kind Mm. of rhythm as well uh, in a really nice way um uh, album was produced by john parish at rockfield studios Mm. as well so fair play to john um but as dry cleaning new long leg i think that'll be definitely going to be in my top five by the end of the year yeah i think so um and there's a, a definitely one more of these that will definitely be top two or three, I'd say, by the end of the year. Okay, my next album, I can't remember if we talked about it in, on the podcast before, but um, we have definitely written a piece about it. It is an album called, it's called The Bath from Emma right. Houghton. Um, and the background for this, I think we, we did, did talk we about did. this, didn't we? Yeah, so Trapped Animal is the label. Um, they emailed me th- about, uh, about this album saying, hey, we know you like Bath Time from yep. Maya Sophia, um, another Irish artist who uh, wrote something Bath-related. Well, here's another Love one. <laughs> and that's where, the, that's where the comparisons end, uh, really. Uh, Emma Houghton is a New Yorker with Irish roots in Donegal. Her family is from Inishon. Well, she and she did an uh, she's an ethnographic study into Irish folk songs. Oh, you're speaking my language now, her, mate. <laughs> I love yeah, a bit yeah. of ethnography. Part of her senior, their senior thesis in electronic music um, ended up perf- uh, making the bat as a, a response to the research. Uh, it was originally written to be recorded for eight voices to sing live, but COVID meant that uh, Houghton record all parts herself. And uh, yeah, so let's play a bit of it. Um, I'm going to play, I played Bowen Balance before, which is one of those songs that I just think is fantastic. I'm going to play a longer, a bit from a longer piece here. This is a song called I Do Mia, and it's from Emma Houghton.
as Emma Houghton. Uh, the album is called The Bath. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a very specific sound. And um, why I picked it is its choral voices have been a comfort to me, a kind of a beacon of soothing uh, kind of siren calls, very much working its way to a weight of Irish folk history to create something f- very fresh to me. Um, the song Bone Balance uh, is a choral murder ballad inspired by the dominance of water in Irish folklore. I didn't play that one there, but we have played it previously. Um, and that is a, a lovely track there as well as I Do Mia. That's actually a nine minute song. I was going to play any more than that, but because uh, uh, I've done that before. Uh, I was giving you, there's, there's, yeah, Bone Bounce is 10 minutes plus. So mm. there you go. I picked two of the longest songs on the album. Um, but it is a really great album. Um, it is just one I think is uh, probably not heard by that many people yet. And, uh, you know, it's hard to know how many people are listening to what. But uh, yes, her her she, her she dad is, an, is Irish and she was raised a Methodist. Um, obviously based in New York, uh, but very much uh, rooted. And there is this album is rooted in Donegal as well. So I thought that was really interesting, and uh, you know the kind of thing um, that I'm. I would like to. I am always interested in in uh, sharing more, especially if it's if, especially if the music is as good as this, and uh, it very much is. So that's Emma Houghton and the Bat. Excellent. Um, my next album is by Nick. Cave and Warren Ellis and it's called Carnage um, and we will hear the song what song are we going to hear Niall? Balcony Man is it? Balcony We're going to hear yes, Balcony please. Man When everything is ordinary until it's not I'm the Balcony Man I'm two hundred pounds of packed ice Sitting on a chair in the morning sun Putting on my tap dancing shoes Or my lap dancing shoes In the morning sun I'm the balcony man I'm Fred Astaire You think you have a plan Till I hit the stairs A 200 pound bag of blood and bone Leaking on your favorite chair I put on my lap dancing shoes In the morning sun And this morning is amazing And so are you This morning is amazing and so are you This morning is amazing and so are you That is Balcony Man from Carnage by Nick Haven Warren Ellis. That's the last song on the record. Um, the record was recorded and produced during lockdown uh, in 2020 and is the follow-up to from from Nick Cave uh, from Ghosting, which was uh, yeah, pretty much the, the, the last time we heard from him in any kind of long player sense. And I mean, Ghosting was kind of by no means an easy listen. Um, 
but nonetheless very stunning um and I think while while both albums kind of share that sense of emotion and are very like incredibly personal and a bit emotionally draining um I think Carnage is a different beast like it's it's a yeah, I I struggle to find a song to play on this because it's very much an album of two halves. Like the the first half is quite a, it's in this kind of realm of darkness. There's uh, the songs Hand of God, Old Time, and then the title track Carnage are really imbued with these this imagery of like rain clouds and dark motels in the olden times and like leaving and getting out of here and never coming back. And he's really engaging in that in a familiar world of very like sinister topics and characters and then Warren Ellis kind of supporting with a really biting harsh relentless instrumentation that is just it's kind of a a bit of an assault but in a really good kind of visceral way and then around halfway through this song called White Elephant comes along which is easily one of the best songs I've heard this year I didn't play it here because I really want if any if anybody hasn't listened to the album yet, I want them to have the experience of getting to White Elephant and having that that switch over. Um, because it is that kind of sea change in the middle of the record. And it starts off with this kind of deep driving bass and these hovering harsh strings, but then like it's it just sort of switches halfway through, and then we get to this like beautiful, gorgeous, like kingdom in the sky, this bright, beautiful choral outro, which is kind of the marker of the tonal shift between like side one and side two, side two of the record, and um, and side two of the record is is a lot kind of more glimmering and shiny, and I and I think you know Balcony Man, which is the one we heard there, is still kind of full of those like haunting and arresting images. Like he's the Balcony Man, he's Fred Astaire, he's tap dancing shoes, he's this lonely figure in an empty theater, and. He's still playing characters, you know, which he's done really well throughout his whole career. But I think the characters in this song are so kind of imbued in his form that you can't really tell where they begin and and he ends, if that's the right way of saying that. Um, like it's he he's kind of blur. He blurs these forms and these characters in a way that like it just captures something really, really unique from a man who has had a really unique um, career, especially in in the kinds of characters that he's played and how he kind of wraps up his own personal experience, which has been at times completely devastating um, in, in in these kind of other worlds. And and it's just, yeah, and, and it ends with this imagery of this balcony man, this man on a stage on his own sort of making peace with, solitude um which I think is really strong and heartening and beautiful and he does it just so well um and I think if you've if you've followed his career like through the bad seeds and his other work like you you will love this um and if anyone was kind of going going to go into this not having known his work before they might find the first half of the record maybe a little bit off putting um or they or they might find it amazing but it um it it, it can be a bit, it can be quite tense um but the second half of the, the record is just it's kind of it's a reward for getting through all that darkness um which i think is is absolutely a uh, a good allegory for what the record is trying to do is trying to give give a bit of hope and i think just as, as a single piece of work it's so wonderful and rewarding and 
he just keeps doing it, you know. And I think he's got, uh, did, did he announce a, another album there a little bit ago, like maybe a week ago or something? I, I think he, he, he or, or he might have said he's getting in, in the studio or something. Like he's just, there's no stopping the man. He's amazing. Um, and mm. yeah, this is one of those albums. I, I mean, I wouldn't say I've returned to it a whole lot this year, but when I look back at 2021, I'll definitely remember this as being um, one of the more affecting uh, pieces that I've that I've listened to and definitely by mm. the time you get to the end of it you feel like you've been on a real journey and um, you feel a little bit changed after it which is uh, which is amazing yeah. yeah I don't know if you've listened to it very much but yeah. I haven't no I'm not a big Nick Cave yeah. fan at all um, and I I, just, I mean I w- yeah. I'm not like um, the world's greatest Nick Cave fan like I there there are some of his albums that I really like but I've by no means listened to everything that he's put out um I'm sort of a I'm a, a casual ca- casual enough listener of of his work um but this album was just like there's a lot in 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 the first half of of the record like there's a lot of you know like sometimes like a bit kind of Tom York solo work sounding stuff yeah I don't know like the, like the the first track Hand of God it opens with with this kind of false start that really made me laugh and and it does have these like the soft piano and these these yearning strings but then like it just it, t- it takes a turn like halfway through and it just gets like really pulsating and anxious and the first time I heard that I just kind of laughed I was like oh god okay here we go <laughs> like you're not you're not gonna let us away easily with the with an album that's going to comfort us you're gonna you're gonna um challenge us into getting to that stage because you can't just be handed comfort you have to kind of deal with it which I like I like that as a concept cool my next one is from Claro, which only came out last week. Yeah, um, yeah, I thought it'd be good to to include a kind of a recent um, a recent fave. Um, the album is called Sling. Okay, that was Claro from the album Sling. Um, I think this is quite a good companion record to an album I'm going to talk about later. Spoilers, it's a Japanese breakfast. Um, It kind of takes an orchestral, rather, um, brass flourishes um, overlaid on this kind of bedroom pop lo-fi sound. It was recorded with Jack Antonoff, um, but, you know, Taylor Swift in the woods, this is not. Um, I think it shares quite a bit of DNA actually with Elliot Smith um, and this is comparisons that other people have made as well like if you compare the song Blouse with Say Yes or um, or the song Wade on this record with some of the piano ballads on XO there's definitely a, a DNA shared there there's a bit of, bit of a through line between XO era Elliot Smith and uh, and this record a kind of like jovial piano but these soft close vocals that are real really rooted in a sense of place and a sense of neighborhood and a sense of kind of um, introspection, I suppose. These like desperate, 
almost adolescent issues that are given a space to be taken quite seriously, which I like. And, you know, it has a lot more glean than Elliot Smith music, of course, but it is beautifully and cleanly produced. But there's still a sense that this music is kind of coming straight from her to you, which is something that Taylor Swift didn't manage on her two kind of quote unquote indie records. Um, But and I think for me anyway, I what, what struck me about this album is it kind of reflects or represents to me a hesitancy to kind of enter back into the world like if if Japanese breakfast is is uh is an album for like getting back out there and and celebrating life this album is kind of it sounds to me like permission to stay inside and um permission to not quite put yourself out there just yet after a period of quite insular living um it doesn't pretend that we all sorted out all of our internal interpersonal issues in the in the 15 months of the pandemic uh, which I quite like it's not like oh it's all better now I did I did all my soul searching and now I'm good yeah, I'm um, good I'm good thanks yeah exactly exactly yeah you know I spent some time on my own and now I'm feeling great it's like no no <laughs> I still need quite a bit of time alone thank you um and it's it's a beautiful sound you know I think it's a it's a really mature sound from her um I, I haven't really been following her career that much I've always been kind of aware of her but I think this is the first album that kind of really hit me from her. It's the first album that really resonated with me. And I think um, the instrument, instrumentation on it is is a big, big part of that. Um, Can I ask a question about uh, the difference between this album and the previous album? Obviously, the hand of Jack Antonoff is ever creeping oh. in again. And then... Um, Ross. Yeah, we really should make a, a list of everything he's been getting his paws into everything i mean uh, taylor lana um lord uh what else we got um there's i feel like he's just like almost every album i look at it's just like here we are it's jack antonoff again you're like oh man please yeah production disco oh yeah olivia rodrigo also on that see ya I mean, you you couldn't really listen to this, the Claro album and the, you know, Lana's latest album and say, oh, yes, these these share. Yeah. Uh, OK, well, that's good. A, I mean, it's not an obvious a sonic one. identity or anything. <laughs> Definitely not. No. On Jack Antonoff, I do. I do think it's. Maybe this is a conversation for another podcast, but I am always a little bit hesitant when I see one producer, especially a male producer, kind of having their hands in basically all of pop music at the moment. And I'm I'm a little bit, hmm. But I, I mean, so far I haven't been, you know, I, I, I don't think it's leading to any kind of like monocultural sound in pop music. I think that he's he, he's a producer that kind of lets people do what they want to do and he just makes that sound a little bit maybe cleaner or a bit more polished Mm, and I think that that's that's what he's doing on this record like if you listen to this album there's no way you would know that Jack Antonoff was on it it's just it's a really well produced really clean record but at times it 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 kind of maintains that sonic identity of of a of a lo-fi bedroom pop sound but just a bit just a bit more glean on it, I suppose. And and there yeah. there are really nice orchestral flourishes on it. Um, there's some horns. Um, there's maybe times when her voice is a little bit samey. 
on a couple of uh, on a pop- couple of songs, but I think that you know she carries it really well. Um, and the 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 lyrics on it are fantastic. The songwriting's brilliant. And if you're a fan of Elliot Smith and you kind of want to hear um, a young artist who is very obviously heavily inspired by his sound i think you'd really really enjoy um great enjoy this record yeah just another one of those 400 albums i have to listen to from this year so far i know i I think you'll really like this one okay give it a go yeah give it a go that's only last week it's on my big long playlist that i've made yeah yeah Okay, my next album is from Bicep. It is uh, an album that came out in January, and at first I was slightly disappointed with it, but I've persisted a lot, and uh, I've been enjoying it uh, a huge amount, and I'm going to play Atlas from Bicep as the prime example. that is Isles um, Atlas from Isles from Bicep um, that is their album that came out in, I think it was in January or so um, so very early doors uh, release um, it is their second album follow up to the 2017 and I think for me the reason I was maybe initially disappointed by it was that maybe because it sounded like maybe too similar to the first one and I think what happened was it, it seemed to be a deliberative move and, and their whole plan was always to okay I've seen Bicep live they're great and they go really hard with, with their with their tracks and they said okay we wanted to make a home listening experience considering that everyone's at home and you know and then when we finally get back to doing the live thing we're gonna ramp it up and like oh the live I, I can see now different. I can see now why you might not have liked that because that's not really what you've been searching for throughout this time yeah you've a lot been of searching for the escapism and the and the big the big absolutely bangers. Yeah, yeah yeah and I think there is there's definitely big bangers here like there's there's mm. absolutely big bangers here but I think it's just overall I was like oh this is only okay I think it just took me a while to really get into it um apricots mm. off the album is like one of my favorite things in the last couple of years but doesn't like that I think the reason like I pick it and the reason I like bicep so much is that they continue to make this kind of very evocative almost nostalgic but it's like it's kind of in a lineage of the the likes of orbital and the chemical brothers and left field and all that kind of stuff it's very it's delicately balanced it's um mechanistic it's dance music that unfurls and like contracts and expands with like a beating heart kind of feels like it's not just it's like it's very i love that it's so strictly rhythmic but it's also 
to me it it's flights of fancy it's like it, it's very imagistic it's very evocative all that kind of stuff as well so and also you know you can't like for me when I think about this album, it's hard for me now to divorce it from the live show that they did, which I ended up watching at home with some friends. And like, it was really nice, um, just experience. And I do kind of have a nice experience of that as well. And eventually, say, next next summer, when I get to see Bicep again, when they play uh, Primavera, for example, like, I'm going to really enjoy it. I'm going to really be into it. And I've been playing the vinyl a lot. And uh, it's beautiful vinyl as well, I would say that. Mm. So... So that's bicep. Um, album is called cool. Isles. Okay, cool. your turn. Um, am I on to my last one? No, I'm not. No, you've no, got two. I, I've got two more. Okay, so my second last record is by uh, Japanese Breakfast, and it's called Jubilee. And the song we're going to hear from this is Paprika. So like is like right. you say, this sounds like a bit more of a, a coming out record, um, mm. like a physically coming out record. I was like, I'm going back in the world. There's a bit more of that. This seems a bit more joy here than than what you were saying there. Yes. Yeah, I think so. I think if, if the Claro album is permission to stay indoors, this this album is kind of walking up behind you at the front door and kicking you in the back and getting you out there. And um I mean, that's that's the opening track, uh, Paprika, from the record. And when I say when I put it on, I was just floored by it. Um, it re- just the, the moment when those horns come in, what we heard at the end of that clip there, I I think I remember just going like, ah, oh. <laughs> like, it's just so joyful and jubilant. Really reminded me a bit of like Beirut. Um, and, you know, she's singing there about um making art and and performing in front of people and just that that line at the end of the chorus when she just goes ah it's a rush and it it really makes me excited about Mm. seeing this album live I hope um so this is her third record her first in four years and she said that it was um a celebration of joy following the loss of her mother in 2014 which has been uh, a big part of all of her output kind of so far including um non-music stuff like uh like books and and uh, newsletters and things like that and the whole record is this kind of really gorgeous collection of like dream pop I suppose with all of this brass and strings and synths and a real sense of like grandiosity and and celebration um especially you know in that in that opening track which I think is probably besides one other where the album hasn't come out yet uh, which is don't go putting wishes in my head um probably my song of the year so far um and then you've got other songs in it, like this a song called Be Sweet that has these kind of funk guitars, which is another side of that kind of joyous celebratory sound. And 
but there's a lot of there's a lot of darkness too like m- maybe not in the sonic palette of it but the li- the lyrics kind of switch between light and dark really well like there's a there's a line on in hell when she says with any luck you'll be dead within the year I've come to expect it and then I think it's in the chorus she says hell is finding someone to love and I can't have a, and I can't have you um she has these really strong turns of phrases like she can at, at sometimes be very um not quite uh, not abstract but I suppose um poetic um and then at other times she really just kind of cuts through and I'm a big fan of that style of of writing lyrics um but I mean overall it's just this real kind of turn of positivity and I think like I would challenge anyone to listen especially to that opening track without without just feeling the swelling sense of hope and um joy and excitement especially to get back to live music or to get back to crowds where people are are celebrating things um the which, brass you know, there really remind me of Beirut be as well a little bit like really like yes of like, totally yeah, totally lovely and then the book she has crying in h mart a memoir um that only came out in april as well so this I is have, something, something that came along that with it well i don't expect you to have read it mm. uh, straight away yeah um, and but I, i'm very interested to read it though um but that's interesting I'm it's interested. been a while since an artist has released an album and i can think of an artist and, and a, a book about her experiences mm. at the same time very unique mm. yes yes definitely but yeah i don't know i don't know if you've listened to the full album yet now but i think i again, haven't no I again it's on the list again it's on the list yeah that's it on the list yeah and it will continue to be on the list for, for until I hear it in, in a month's time or so. I don't know, maybe, maybe before then. Okay, well, I've select my final uh, choice, um, which is one I know that you are, are, are very much into as well. It is a album from Floating Points and Pharaoh Sanders. It is called Promises. Uh, let's play a bit of it first because there's it speaks for itself. song on this album is just listed as movement uh, listed from one to nine uh, in the london symphony orchestra uh, play on it as well so uh, context for it is that it was five years in the making electronic producer sam shepherd aka floating points uh, was a, a fan of uh, ferris sanders and had played ferris sanders music at um sorry 
I'd played Ferris Anders music at festivals uh, or at venues like Berghain and stuff like that. So there was a mutual appreciation. And um, yeah, uh, I don't know where the mutual thing came from, but I think Ferris Anders, you know, being a, a long-standing jazz musician of some repute, um, felt like doing something different. And it's been a while since he had recorded an album, I believe. So um, like to this extent anyway. So um yeah, it's been a, it's been a long time, really. Like, um, so yeah, it's it's one of those ones that it works really well because there's two different sensibilities happening here. There is the kind of jazz sensibility that Ferro Sanders brings, and then there's kind of the contemporary, almost classical electronic textures, and then meeting them all in the middle is uh, the London Symphony Orchestra, a score performed by the London Symphony Orchestra, which uh, Sam Shepard also wrote and arranged. Um, and it was recorded at Air Studios in London in summer 2020 and came out in March. And it's as close to uh, transcendent, transcend, transcendental music I can imagine from hearing this year. Um, it is music that does take you places in, in, your, in that way. And it's, it's alive it's, it feels like a live recording. It hums, it draws breath, it goes silent, it exhales, it pauses, it grows again. And I think for that reason, it's one of my favourite albums. It's one of those ones that really feels like a piece that you experience in one go. That doesn't, you know, it's like in the same way that we we're talking about, you know, how you know music can be a conversation or listening, like listening in on a conversation. This feels like that kind of thing where you're exploring that repeating motif in the songs um, is, as you heard there, that repeats almost throughout. So it's like this hypnotic motif that comes in and how they contextualize that and what they place around it and what they do with it is what kind of defines it. Um, And for that reason, that's why I'm just like, this is absolutely unbelievable. Like, it's just... It's a it's one of those towering achievements where I think there's a lot of I think if you were trying to convince somebody to listen to this, you know, there's a lot of like contemporary and classical and kind of uh, jazz music and stuff at the moment um, that is critically. But I think there's something very special about this. There's something really special about this because it's not a jazz album. It's not an electronic album. It's something in between. It feels like a live album that just is this piece that is going to exist on its own. And uh, it's a world you want to be drawn into. So that's uh, floating points, Ferris Anders. You, you're a fan of this as well. Do you know the part in Ratatouille <laughs> when, um, when Remy is teaching his, um, I think his cousin Rat, and he, he gives him like a grape and a piece of cheese, and he says, "Now listen to, uh, to taste these and uh, separately," and the screen goes black and there's all these colors of the grape and then the colors of the of the cheese and then he goes now taste them together and he puts them in his mouth and it just <laughs> creates this like gorgeous swirl of all this color i i'm always whenever i listen to this album i've always reminded of that scene in ratatouille where it's just it's it's so much more than the sum of its parts you know what i mean and yeah i think you know, it's it's it feels it does feel weird calling it an album. It it feels more like a piece. But you know, the way that we listen to music and the way we stream, the way things are released now, I, I suppose you do have to kind of release them in movements or or or, or whatever that is. But um, this is absolutely something that I think should be listened to from beginning to end. And it's it's um it's something that you should carve out space in your day to listen to. Um, 
not every day, but you know, you, you should you should make sure, sure you've got the time to listen to it. And the first <laughs> time I, li- I, I I listened to it, I I was like lying down in my bed, and then I was like, I I feel like I want a notebook. I feel like I want to write, write down little little bits. I don't know. Mm. I just found it really like inspiring. And I I've tried to write about this a few times. I've tried to, you know, write a review of it or, or like something for the newsletter or something, but. I just can't really manage to to capture what it is that is so affecting about it. And I think like you you touched on it there where it's it isn't quite classical, it isn't quite jazz, it isn't quite um that kind of contemporary um sound that that we'd be kind of used to. It's something completely different and yet it sounds very familiar. It mm. sounds very homely. It's not it's not greatly challenging to listen to even though it's it's quite um I, I do think it's quite brown, groundbreaking in what it's doing. So it, yeah, it's it's one of those albums that I find it really hard to talk about yeah. or write about, and I think that that's that's a that's a sign of either a great album or a bad critic. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I you think it, I think in this in this case it is a sign of a good great album. I think I think it is because hopefully <laughs> you know uh, well it, there's no words. It's an instrumental album, so those uh, mm. oftentimes purely instrumental albums are are more difficult to uh, put into words why they mean something mm. and why they uh, resonate with you so um, yeah and that sometimes takes longer as well and uh, it's also contextual and it's how you listen to it and and where you listen to it and what you totally. do and, and so that's totally valid as well so yeah it's mm. a it's a fantastic record that is floating points and ferris sanders the album's called promises there's a lovely vinyl version of this which i would recommend buying no, i haven't but, bought it yet my oh, family myself a little present yeah that's yeah, very lovely okay um, our final choice is from yourself and i have seen me, I, yeah, I am um, i'm aware of this also so will we just play okay so you, something? you you've seen this have you mm-hmm, mm-hmm, well yeah. okay but i i, I want to do a little caveat first okay, okay. So, because this this means so much to me that I can't even put it into words. Um, my final choice is from Bo Burnham's Netflix special Inside, which has also been released as an album. So technically, it is an album. So that's why it's it's being included on this list. And also, it's our podcast; we can do what we want. Um, and it's really difficult to choose a song from this album. The song I've chosen is uh, All Eyes on Me, which has gotten like millions and millions of streams. I think as as a song, it's also excellent, but also as uh, as a piece within the framework of that of that special, um, it's really really important. If you're planning on watching the special soon, you haven't gotten around to it yet, and you are planning on watching it, I'd maybe say skip skip the next fifteen seconds. Skip skip when we're going to play this because I think it is a really important moment in the in the show and I don't want to ruin it for anybody uh, so maybe just skip the sound of it but if you've already heard it this is All Eyes on Me uh, by Bo Burnham from the Netflix special Inside Get your fucking hands up Get on out of your seats, all eyes on me, all eyes on me. Get your fucking hands up, get on out of your seats, all eyes on me, all eyes on me. Are you feeling nervous? Are you having fun? It's almost over, it's just begun. Don't overthink this, look in my eye, don't be scared, don't be shy, come on in, the water's fine. We're going to go where everybody knows, everybody knows, everybody knows. 
I mean, if, if you haven't seen the special, that, that's going to sound, I mean, it's going to sound good. It's a great song, but um, it, it might be a little bit uh, uh, out of context. If you have seen the special, you're probably like me, close to tears right now. Um, so, uh, yeah, I chose the song because, you know, I was thinking about the music and the albums that have affected me the most this year. And I can't think of an experience that that can kind of come close to how I felt when I watched Inside for the first time. Like, uh, it is... It is as brilliant as everybody says it is. Um, and I think if you're not, if you weren't like aware of Bo Burnham before, um, you will still get a lot out of it. He's he's an American. Um, yeah, I don't think you need comedian, to be aware of him, like, really, mus- if you to enjoy yeah, the piece on Yeah, American mus- musical comedian, but had, had always kind of stepped it up in terms of like the the music that he was creating um and also is extremely open about like things like anxiety and so on he also directed the film eighth grade he starred in uh, promising young woman he's been having a good time um or has he uh, so this this piece inside is a um is a, a netflix comedy special that he filmed uh wrote produced edited everything himself while in lockdown um and it's an incredible piece um from start to finish it's really hard to put into words um and all of the songs on it are outstanding like they are they're, they're all produced by him they all have like their individual music videos within w- within the piece um they're not all funny like that that song all eyes on me isn't a funny song um another song on it that I adore is white woman's Instagram is a funny song until it isn't. Um, there's, uh, th- there's a song on it called welcome to the internet, which I almost played, but there's no way like I really yeah. just please, please, please go and go and go and watch the special. Um, and yeah, I just, I just think I, it's, it, it's a really important lockdown piece. I, I, I think it's like the, the best lockdown art we've had yet. It is like, and, and it was, you know, created from within it and it's so visceral. And I think no matter what kind of lockdown you've had, it will affect you. Um, and I think, yeah, I think it would be it's fair also very to meta. say, mm, I think it's fair to say it is one of the best pieces of lockdown content you yeah. could possibly watch. And, and it's, op- it's openly be- being that, like the first song on it is called Content and the lyrics are, you know, uh, but but look, I made you some content. Daddy made you your favorite open wide. Here comes the content. It's a beautiful day to stay inside. Um, and it, it like that's that song, All Eyes on Me, like he, he had a, a song um, called Can't Handle This. That was like a kind of a Kanye West parody um and it does it, it that was on was that on what or it was on one of his other uh live shows anyway that had a crowd and it's basically him at the end in an affected 
Kanye West uh, style uh, vocoder thing, just telling the audience that he hates them and needs them and loves them and he hates himself for needing them and loving them and that he has anxiety. And there's a breakdown in All Eyes on Me where he's talking about how he quit stand-up comedy for like three years or four years or whatever it was and then at the beginning of 2020 he had decided that he wanted to do it again and then obviously lockdown happens um and what what the effect of that was on him and I mean it's just like oh he's just so fucking talented like visually the whole thing is amazing all the songs are brilliant it is genuinely funny in parts other parts had me like not just crying but like ugly crying like heaving crying um it's just such an important piece and uh, yeah really really good like funny songs like FaceTime with my mom is a really funny song (laughs) um they're just they're just all great um and I think if if you've been put off by anything that Bo Burnham has done before if, if you've kind of watched him and been like oh this guy's not for me do give this a shot because it's, it is a much more mature style of comedy. Um, it's a lot more artful, I think, than the stuff that he's done before. Visually, it's outstanding, like I said, and it it will affect you no matter what way you're coming at it. It, it will affect you. Um, and All Eyes on Me is just a banger. It's an absolute banger. Um, and, and, and it is reminiscent, like, in the sound of that can't handle this Kanye thing. Um which is, you know, he's he's so in conversation with himself and his own work all the time. It's 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 really, really good. I think if he wasn't a comedian, he would be making brilliant music like he's a brilliant musician as well as being a brilliant comedian. He just happens to be both and a great director and a great editor and a great writer and all, all of those things. So, yeah, he's a he's a polymath and I love him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it took <laughs> me. To I think it's <laughs> definitely one of those things you have. I think it's the best thing to do is just watch the whole thing in full uh, first as mm-hmm. an experience and then you know liking the songs watch it probably, on your own you said that yeah yeah i think that's a good vibe because yeah. um yeah it's one of those things where you're like if you have to kind of a, you could just kind of lean into it and like mm. you don't want to be looking at somebody else going this is a solitary um experience from him mm. and it's a solitary experience to probably experience as well from your from the from the screen totally. end it's probably just one of those things that just makes the most sense because it's yeah. weird and different and awkward and mm. you know hard to watch sometimes and it's and that hard and that those elements make it very difficult where you're like actually um i actually would just not i like it's more it's uncomfortable sometimes and therefore sometimes that discomfort could make you like take you out of it because you're sitting beside somebody who's like I don't know what this is you know what this is and you're like no I don't really know what this is we turn it off you know (laughs) this is why it's always better to go to the cinema alone you know because you're not beside someone and looking at them going like um yeah why do people have a problem with that I don't know yeah leave me alone (laughs) yeah yeah exactly (laughs) yeah so that's my um those were in no particular order, but I will say I think the the Bo Burn like I will not be surprised if at the end of the year when my Spotify um collates all of the music I've listened to this year, if if oh it's going to be there, it's going to be there for you absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, which is not something I thought I would say at at the beginning of the year, but here we go. You know, you just you can't goes to show you just can't tell. Yeah absolutely um yeah. show goes to show you never can tell isn't that the word uh, is that it yeah that's, that's the one 
So obviously, uh, honorable mentions. There's some albums that we would have would have talked about in in full and 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 at length. The likes of for those I love. Um, there's the Black Midi album, which I think is great and cavalcade. But yeah. I haven't gone back to it in a while. Um, Irish albums from Kojak, Town Dead, Saint Sister, Where I Should End. Uh, other ones that we've Danny talked Larkin. about here. Yeah, I haven't heard that yet. Actually, Arouge, Aftab. Uh, Vulture Prince, who we featured in uh, May or April, I think, as well. Right. And I went, went back to the Serpent with Feet record, Deacon. Beautiful record. Uh, mm. This year's Salt album, Nine as well. Just mm-hmm. uh, got a Mercury nomination there today. So exciting stuff. Um, there's the likes of Tired the Creator. There's loads of other things in there, you know, and I just didn't want to go full let's do everything that gets album also yeah. as well which is a uh, mercury prize uh, nominated today i was listening to that last week and i really enjoyed it um yeah. so yeah and even brockhampton i got to listen to that again in the last few days and i was really enjoying that too so there's loads of things in there but we'll get to that at the end of the year and um, but for now those are kind of you know sure. some some check-ins and where we're at in terms of new music and uh and who knows look next week we could be talking about a new album from kanye it's gonna happen Let's it seems it's possibly happening <laughs> uh, i yeah. hope so donda's apparently coming out yeah, tomorrow we'll see we'll see that's that's for the second half of the year you know we made it this far we're halfway through everybody well done bula bus, <laughs> bula um, bus. Big bula we're bus still alive you. and yeah. yeah thanks for listening to us so far and i hope that you keep listening to us for the rest of the year yeah we are we have we have some big plans uh, in the next few weeks um but they've all been derailed by Kanye so thanks for that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay but look uh, hope you're having a good summer enjoy this heat i'm going to go sit in the car with the, with with the uh with the uh air conditioning on <laughs> for a few minutes i think <laughs> just to cool down it's a good idea <laughs> it is a good idea actually yeah. all right Andrea, thanks very much. Okay. Listener, thanks very much. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to the 909 Podcast this week. Talk to you next week. Bye. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.